Welcome to the Branding Blog Podcast. I'm Dave Young, and this week my guest is Irene Watson. And Irene uh, works with authors, um, helps people, uh, well, we're going to find out exactly what she does, but it, it's mainly anything that has to do with books and authors and helping them with their books and helping them with their writing and publicity and, and all kinds of things. Hi, Irene. How are you today? Hi, Dave. I'm good, thanks. Great it's, to talk to you. It's great to connect with you again. It's, it's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, and I think probably the last time I saw you was when I took a workshop from you. Oh, back uh, in, in the blogging class? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, with with yeah. Paul and I? Yes, yes, that was great. That was that good. That was such a good workshop. It really got me going on a lot of blogging and understanding and you know, creating a blog. It was good. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, always, it's always good to get... Uh, Feedback, even if it's, I mean, that's been several years, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. you're a prolific blogger. I mean, you, you, you put out content all the time. I do. I really do. I've got two blogs that, we actually, we have more blogs as a company, but I do two blogs, one on a personal blog, which I post articles three times a week, and then I have another blog called Blogging Authors that I post daily, actually, five or six per week. And this is, gives an opportunity for authors or somebody in the publishing industry to write. They could write about anything as long as they're in the industry. Okay, so bloggingauthors.com. Yes. Uh-huh. And what's the, and other, the other one? one IreneWatsonBlog.com. Uh, Irene I'm, I'm going there right now because I just want to see. Oh, good. Yeah. IreneWatsonBlog.com. Yes. Okay. And then, of course, your, your company site is, uh, is readerviews.com. Readerviews.com. We also have a blog where we blog all the uh, book reviews also. Okay. okay. So, yeah. so if, I mean, if somebody asks you, I guess, you know, it's, it's the old elevator pitch. It's the, you know, your 30-second commercial, whatever it is, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, when, when you meet somebody at an airport or, or you know, just, just <laughs> wherever, and they say, so, Irene, tell me, what, what are you about? What do you do? Reader Views provides book reviews for authors, and we also provide any type of publicity service that they require. We basically work mostly with self-published authors. Okay. So you, you provide reviews. We do. It's book reviews. You know, the blurbs that go in the back of the books, and you'll, you can go into any Barnes & Noble and some of the books that are on the front uh, table or the new releases, we do actually have blurbs on some of those books but as i had mentioned earlier we also work a lot with self-published authors and we create reviews for them the the way the process works dave is that either the publisher or the author sends us the books and we have book reviewers that take the books and review them read them create a review and then uh, we send the reviews to the author or the publisher, they can use those reviews for the media, they can use it for their marketing, publicity, uh, they can post them on their websites, they can take the blurbs and put them on the backs of the books or in the praises sections of their books. So there's a lot of mileage that goes for the reviews, and we also post them on different sites on the internet also. Okay. Well, so that, that's yeah, the basic. So, so getting them on different sites gives some some SEO value and and very much so. And just recently, uh, we uh, signed up with Blog Critics. They're owned by Technorati, and uh, they have really really good SEO 
And so our reviews are posted on blogcritics.org and they just spread like wildfire. The authors are really, really pleased with that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So how did you get into this? What, 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 oh. What's your background <laughs> and what, what got you into, into the, the business of helping authors? Well, originally, this is not my background. I guess it is now, but uh, I'm actually a, a therapist from way back and retired. I authored a book, my memoir. I had it published, and I learned a lot. And basically, what I learned was there was a need out there, and I created the need. I was bored. It was December 15th. I started Reader Views, if you can imagine, during the holidays. <laughs> and, yeah. And what it was is I found that I was just having a hard time getting book reviews because there weren't very many out there. This is before the blogger time. And okay. so I created this uh, business. I put a call out for books and realized, whoa, this is huge. And so then I call, put a call out for book reviewers and got tons of applicants. And believe it or not, within six weeks, I was hiring my first staff. Wow. Congrats. That's really cool. How yeah. long ago was this? Six years ago. Okay. This month. Yeah. Yep. So, and so uh, six months to hiring somebody to do yes. what? Actually, it was uh, six weeks. Or six weeks, I mean, not, not six to months. To help me with uh, the processing, the paperwork, the website. Okay. I created my own homemade website. It crashed because it was just, well, it couldn't hold everything that we were doing. And basically from that, I realized, whoa, just a minute here. You know, there, I can offer more things to the, review, or to the authors besides reviews. So then I started bringing in little packages. And what I do is small packages, affordable, budget-friendly for those that don't have a $15,000 budget. And so I started doing interviews, writing press releases, and things like that. So just about any kind of service that will help a, a, an author... Uh, now, especially you said a lot of your a lot of your customers are self published. So That's right. Is that, so these are the things that uh, that a big publishing company is is probably going to do at least a, a fair amount of this if if they've got a book that they're backing, right? Uh, well, not really. You know, the, the there's a misconception in this industry, and I, a lot of authors I'm finding out actually that the large publishing companies really do not support the author in publicity. The author is really expected to do their own publicity and marketing. This is what the advance, you know, a lot of times, too, the misconception is that when you get an advance, wow, you can buy a house, you can, you know, all this six-figure amount of uh -huh. money, and it's huge, and you can go on trips, and you can buy a new car, you can do all this. Well, that's really not the way it works. What the expectation is from the publisher is to take that advance and use it for marketing ah. and publicity. And they expect you to buy, uh, to hire a publicist. And the publicist, you know, uh, could be anything between fifteen dollars to $30,000 for a, sh a short contract. And the publishers expect the author to be responsible for the marketing themselves. So, so, in, so in a sense, we don't provide what, you know, the publishers provide because you, you they provide don't. what a publicist will provide I mean, exactly that, so you, exactly. You, you really are a publicist for yeah yeah and you know it, in a, on a small way because as i say we have very affordable small packages where they can order something this month when they have the money and next month they can order something else when they have the money so we work that way okay and it, it's just easy it's easy for the 
authors to get out there that way. Give give me an example of a, of a typical uh, uh, author and and the the services that they've used and and kind of the results that they've gotten. Sure. Well, first of all, the review is basically the basic thing, and then what we do is we offer them uh, an interview. We can do a written interview. And we can also do a live interview, which is recorded over the telephone, and then we e-blast, and we just we have a really good SEO, so we get it all out there. We do a press release, we uh, send it out, we distribute it, we have different levels of distribution, and you know, of course, the more you pay, the the more distribution perks you get, uh-huh. and we've had some really good results where. The authors have been contacted, and we've had uh, Hollywood interested in one book. We've had uh, just sales. You know, I get these um, emails from the authors saying, wow, you know, my sales just went up. In fact, the other day, or I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, we posted a review, and we put it on Blog Critics, and she had published this book and had sold no books. And then all of a sudden, when a review went up and with the SEO populating the internet, she was selling her ebook left and right. Terrific. So, okay. you know, she's sold like several hundred in within a few days. So Now, your services, I, I, when, when, you think of, when you think of promoting a book, I, I mm-hmm. think most people think of it as, you know, hey, it's, it's kind of a launch, right? It's, it's uh, you spend all this time writing the book, getting it ready proofing it, reproofing it, uh, you finally get boxes, uh, you know, if you self-published, you finally get your garage full of boxes of right. books, and now it's time to launch your book. Um, but it would seem to me that, that some of these services that you offer, you could actually come back and breathe new life into a book that's been around a little while? Exactly, exactly, I mean, and that's do what a lot we of do. That? Well, there is, and you had mentioned about self-publishing and, you know, having all these boxes of books come in. Well, in most cases, that doesn't happen. The way most self-published authors go is through POD, print-on-demand. In fact, a lot of the publishers are starting to do, and have started to do that probably about two years ago, the transitioning. Uh, You know, of course, the major publishers, the big five still, of course, do large print runs, but in most cases, it's print-on-demand. Yes, it's a little bit higher cost, but you don't have a garage full of 5,000 books <laughs> trying to sell them. Sure. You know, and you don't and have to then, make trips to the post office. And, exactly. Or, or, and have then, a, or have a fulfillment company that does all that for you. Exactly. And with print-on-demand, you, know, you order only what you need, and that's it. Okay. So um, it just works so much better. So th- this kind of a this kind of exposure package that that you do can actually um, extend the life of a book or breathe new life into a book that's been around a, a little while. Yeah, it, it can definitely, definitely. Uh, we do find some authors that actually start publicity or buying packages and starting to get populating the internet about um, a few months before the book is actually out, and that's actually ideal. Because you want to get that momentum and you want to get that flow and you want people to know and be excited and anticipating and all of a sudden the book is out and you get sales. Um, Sometimes after the book is published already, you know, it's hard to get going because by the time you get going and get that oomph, 
sometimes what happens is the copyright date is all of a sudden, oops, January 1st comes and it's last year's book. Right. And readers actually want new content. And so it's important to have new content and have that copyright that is very current. And if I just may something, say something on copyright, a lot of the smaller publishers, not the large publishers that have authors that are well-known already, but a lot of the small publishers, and this is encouraged for self-publishing, is that if you publish a book that is in the latter part of the year, starting, let's say, September, October, November, December, always copyright it for the following year. Because what happens in some cases, and this is just because the authors have not done enough research, they publish a book end of November, beginning of December, so they can get in on the Christmas gift buying. That's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Really, it needs, you know, all that kind of stuff has to start in July. We get books for review, the Christmas-themed books in July. But what happens also with copyright is, okay, so you publish this book in December, you know, beginning of, let's say, 1st of December, come 1st of January, it's last year's book. Yeah. A lot of times in it doesn't really matter that much when it's a nonfiction book, but in fiction book the readers do want new books. So there's my tip for copyright. So you either have to have a new book or you better be one of those classics. <laughs> exactly. And how do you get to be a classic? <laughs> That's you know? a good point. Yeah, it's hard to be an and instant classic. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Figure that out as a service, Irene. There's there's your million dollar idea for the day. <laughs> how to make it, how to make a book an instant classic for the, for the ages. I, right. One thing you had mentioned, David, that I want to address. You said you know you did all these things. The author does this and this and edit and re-edit. Well, unfortunately, not every author adds, edits and re-edits books. We find, and this is such a pet peeve I have, and it just happens, we get this every day, authors do not spend the time, effort, and money to edit a book. Yeah. We get some really, really bad stuff. And you know, spell check just doesn't do it. It oh, just no. doesn't. It, it doesn't. Uh, it, it, you can use the wrong version of a word or the wrong, you know, yeah. your grammar can be just off a little bit. And it, you know it'll get by the spell check, the of grammar course. check, but yeah, there's there's still no replacement for for a good human editor, is a there? Human, yeah, and actually, what we do suggest is to have at least three different passes, different people doing a pass through. Uh huh. And that's and that's editing with with purpose, right? That's that's not uh, that's not just having somebody read the book. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is totally. It's totally this different. It's to do with punctuation, grammar, content, yeah. flow. Uh, you know, is there redundancy? Just the whole whole thing. Copy editing. Now, do you do you do that kind of thing? I mean, do you, yes, does your company do. you you have services for editing books and 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 we, all of that? We sure do. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, we, you know, you know I want to I want to um, talk about this timeliness issue again because I think it's important okay. on blogs as well. Um, yes, you know we we read blogs and and you know if, if you follow somebody's blog you 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 tend to consume it as it's produced. Uh, 
but there are a lot of authors or a lot of business owners, uh, people that have, you know, if they're generating leads and using a blog for content marketing, one of the issues is you, you want to have the date on the blog post because, uh, you know, you're, you're showing that it's fresh, but then, uh, if it's, if it's a really good piece of content and it's evergreen and timeless, you almost want to take the date off. I know. Or you want to turn it into a piece of content that just lives forever on your site somewhere. And I think that's probably the, the best idea is to, is to take it out of the realm of, of blog and turn it into the realm of uh, a white paper or a, or a report or just a content page. I so agree. And this is why, you know, we have on our Reader View site, we have a section called Articles. And that's where we put that kind of stuff in there. Because it's like a white paper. It's actually, it's timeless. It's not like a blog is what you're talking about. You're and, right. Yet, yet it may have started as a blog post, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it ends up being maybe some tools or something. So That's a great idea. I'm, I'm scrambling for a pen to write that down because I have a client that needs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to write the word articles down. So every, everybody that's listening should make that same exact note. If you've got, if you've got, really kick-butt blog posts that, that have great content that you feel everybody ought to read, but they say, you know, July 2009 on them. The problem is, as soon as somebody goes there, they go, oh, yeah. It's old, it's old like, information. Oh, that's probably outdated because it's got that date on it. Exactly. And uh, it may, you know, it may not be outdated. It just has that date on it. So figure yeah. out a way, and I think probably the way is to, as you just said, create a section on your site card called articles. I just clicked on yours yep. on, on readerviews.com, and uh, it's a big list. It's a huge list. I put out one article I, uh, a week. I used to get others to help me you know, write articles. and just to get first, first of all, the reason I was asking people to send in articles is to get content on the page. And now I produce an article a week. Uh-huh. And and so the, how do you um as as I look through this I mean you've got them categorized but there's how many are there? It's, it's over 100, I, isn't there? On well, this page? there's got to be probably a couple hundred, yeah. Um so are you just counting on the search engines to to lead people to these if if they're looking for uh whatever the topic is? Yes. Because uh, I mean I can I can skim through here but it's not like it's real easy for somebody to drill down to a, a specific article i guess yeah you're right um so i am counting on search engines and uh you know that's about it at this point and also the fact that people do come into the website looking for information and they can go to that particular page and uh, get articles. Okay, and so yeah. I, you know, so another strategy pe- you, you could use. I mean, if if you wanted to spend the time or or had so- have somebody spend the time, would be to go through and um, you know interlink some of these articles with each other if they if they relate to each other. If they right? relate that's, related that's articles, things like that. There are some, you know, there's a few. Uh, I don't know what are, are you. Is your site on WordPress? Uh, no, we use. Um, Dreamweaver. Okay. This is one of the old so it's all, static, it's, you know, okay. six years ago. Know, for for folks that are on WordPress, I think there are even some plugins that that can do some kind of uh, related article type things that they're kind of automatic based on keywords or tags. So uh, that might be worth looking into. Is is you know, if you've got a lot of things like this to to actually um, get them all kind of hooked together, so it leads people from one article to the next to the next. 
can that's right and still talk read about the same topic i i like that idea yeah very do mm-hmm. so um i got off subject here I, I got i got so excited with with this idea that and, and using it for for one or two of my own clients <laughs> <laughs> that's good forgot what we were even talking about irene well gotta go <laughs> i already got my money's worth out of the podcast um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know what we could talk about. You know, we talked about uh, some different things that we do for authors. And uh-huh. you know what's really the big wave still are uh, videos. Okay, yeah, you know, oh, sure. Videos on YouTube. And uh, gosh, this is a really good way to get a really relatively inexpensive way to, again, search engine optimization is to put a video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe I read not very long ago that YouTube is actually, what is it, the second largest search engine. Absolutely, yeah. Right after Google. So, hey, you know, we need to populate YouTube. And I see that you, you guys produce uh, book video trailers. We do. We certainly do. And so how's that working? I mean, give me, give me an idea of, of uh, uh, what, what that's doing for authors, uh, how, how those are distributed out. We, uh, when we create a video, we post it on various sites, including our own, and then we post it on about three or four others besides uh, YouTube. And so, of course, that populates the internet. And using the search engine optimization tools, it gets the author's book out there. But also, we ask the author to go ahead and post it on their website and to use it as their marketing technique. So, you know, some authors use it and they just get a lot of. Uh, hits and uh, you know they sell books others are just not sure what to do with it after they get it unfortunately but uh-huh. it certainly is you know there are so many different sites on the internet where you can actually post a video for free sure and that's what we encourage the people to do and so what what kind of videos i'm, I'm looking at uh, you've got you've got packages ranging from um uh Narrator Plus, which is uh, $845, down to right. uh, a mid-range one called Super Duper. Uh-huh. I like that. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> That's the most popular one. Down to kind of the instant buzz for, you know, uh, just a little over 100 bucks. So That's right. And just, you know, it just depends on the budget of the author. And we really are sensitive to the author's budgets. And so the instant buzz will get you out there. You know, definitely, and it's it gives you a few um, uh, images. It uh, gives you, uh, you know, it's a forty-five second spot. It gives some images. It's got the music. It has the sound effects. It gives the uh, where the people can buy the book, and so it gives that instant buzz, is what we call it. And then when we get to the super duper, you know, then we get more to it. We uh, it's a two-minute spot. It's got more images. We put in videos, so there's a lot of movement, and we add a different music, maybe, you know, animated titles. We also add voiceover. We can add voiceover to any of these, except the instant buzz, because it just it, it wouldn't just, work. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and we so we add voice, and we have a narrator that will talk at the same time as the images come up. So it just kind of gets you know the potential reader hyped up and hopefully interested in buying the book. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and, and is, is this for, um, I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's a, a fiction or nonfiction. Um, Not at all. 
Not at all. And do you do you specialize with with one or the other? Do you work with with any we author with that both. that needs needs help getting the word out? Any author, it doesn't matter if it's fiction or nonfiction. I have a really good producer. She's been with me actually. She called me today and uh, she works virtually. She's not in my office, and she said, "Do you realize I've been working for you for two years now?" It's like really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have and, you ever uh, met face to face? No, no. But one thing is about our producer is she is an author herself. And I think that that's important because she has that, not only the creative edge of being able to create the video, but she's also authored a number of books. So she understands that aspect of it too. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really neat. Um, I don't, I don't remember if it was the class that you were in. We, we used an example of uh, a fiction author uh, Paul and I did in in the blogging class, and I just don't remember if if this guy was out at the time uh, at the time you took the class or not. Uh, and I, I'm trying to remember his name. It's Scott something, and I I can't think of the last one. It's a fiction author. He writes uh-huh. these murder mysteries, and um, he he self published. And what he did for his own promotion was he actually podcasted his entire book. I mean, he, oh. he went through and he went through and recorded. He wrote the whole thing first. But then he went through and created podcast episodes for every chapter, and and he actually um, you know started posting them so that I think it took six months to a year to get the entire book. So he was giving the entire thing away. But, wow. but what he found out was happening was that he was actually developing an audience, um, you know his 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 platform his his fan base was being built before the book was ever available. And that so, is really smart marketing. And so the the interesting thing was, here are people who have consumed the entire book before it's published, right? Uh huh. They're the ones that bought the physical book. Yeah. They yeah. they've already heard every word in it, but they're the ones that actually bought the book, and that's what got the attention of publishers. That when when they saw that the, he already had you know x number of people uh, listening to every word and and you know, chomping at the bit to buy his first book. Well, the second book was a piece of cake. The The second book had a publisher. <laughs> you know, there you go. And that is really smart marketing. You know, that reminds us of me of somebody that we both know, and that's uh, Ken Brand. And sure. that's how he wrote his book, too. You know, he actually put together a lot of the art, you know, blogs that yeah, he well, he's had been he's been and, blogging and writing for years. and That's right. Uh, and put it all together into a book. Sure. I, there, there's so many books that are that are written that way that are, um, you know, just uh, a, a com- what's the word I'm looking for? You, you, conglomeration? That's not it. Compilation. Compilation. <laughs> you take yeah. all this content that you've been producing and um, edit it into a book. Uh, our, exactly. our our uh, mutual friend Roy Williams. Um, yes. You know he he hates being thought of as a blogger. Right, and 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 it's uh-huh. it's funny. He and I get into an argument over about uh, about what blogging really is, uh, because he thinks it's uh, it's just uh, kind of spontaneous, you know, uh, carefree writing, not mm-hmm. not considered chosen words. Uh, I I think that's just a function of of the writer. Myself, you, you either write that way or you don't. Um, to me, the 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 blogging aspects are hey you're creating content and putting it out on a regular basis. You're you're, you're writing in some kind of a serial method, 
Yes. Right. To me, that's the definition of blogging. You, you can add, uh, you can add, you know, technical features like RSS and things like that to it if you want to. But, but really, uh, it's it's creating and publishing things in in pieces as you do it, as opposed to uh, writing for a year and then putting it all out as a book. Right. 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 I think that's that's really the mm-hmm. only the only major difference. Well, Roy's Monday Morning Memo. He started doing that. I don't even know. It was probably fifteen years ago. Oh, at least yeah. Maybe more than that. Yeah. And and I mean, he was. It, it was. It predates email. Uh, you you used to get it via fax. You know he he uh-huh. had uh, he had he was burning up fax machines in the middle of the night. Sending the thing out, and and then finally trans uh, transferred it to email, and and now it's on a website with RSS, and, and you know there's one a week. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know how you define a blog any tighter than that, but but you know there it is, um, and, and you know the 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 part that's interesting about it is his three bestsellers, which are now nearing ten years old, some of them older than that. I think ninety eight, I suppose, was the first one. Uh, those were compilations of those Monday morning memos, and with with a few added little pieces, and of course, and some good editing. And, the, and that's that's necessary because blogs are written a little bit different than you would content for a book. And so, like you say, with some editing uh-huh. and additions or deletions or whatever, just tweaking it so it is good for print. Yeah, and applying and some go. good print design and and. You know, organization. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, they're certainly grouped into into sections of the book. So, you know, you may you may over the course of the year, uh, you know, jump from one main category to another and back and forth. Uh, but when you take all that content that you've compiled, you know, in a year or two, and you decide you're going to turn it into a book, the 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 actual um, chronological publishing date that you use probably won't be the best format for converting it into a book. But the important thing is you have the words there already, the concepts, your, your content, your ideas, your thoughts are already, uh, already produced. And so exactly now you just need to organize it and, and turn it into uh, the thing that we call a book and you need somebody good at that to help you with it. So, well, and that's one way of monetizing your blogs. You know, we often kind of think, well, gee, you know, I'm not making any money on this. And it's like, I'm doing all these articles. Exactly. I've got AdSense. I've got this, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not making any money. I want to monetize. Well, this is one way of monetizing is taking those blogs, creating a book, something that's sellable, uh-huh. and you monetize. Well, and that's, you know, one of the things Roy's always said, and I think, I think he's quoting Ray Bard when he, when he says, Ray Bard's a, a business book publisher in Austin. You know Ray. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, I think he's quoting Ray. He may be just, it may be something that Roy said. I've just heard it so many times when, I, when I'm down there, is that you're not going to make money on your book. You're going to make money because of your book. Exactly. And I tell people the same thing about blogging. You're not going to make money on your blog, typically. Now, there are always going to be exceptions, but they don't prove the... You know that, so you're going to make money because you're blogging if you're doing it right. Exactly, I so agree. So and, uh, it's proven over and over and over again. So what's been the result of uh, being published or having a book to some of the authors that you work with, where where it's like been a world changer for them? I think that a lot of times. Well, there's different world changers. You know, on the good part is, is they, they've written a really good book and there's interest. And in some cases, and I, you know, 
and I'm going to use one as an example because this was just a really interesting chain of events that happened. This woman, this author had self-published. She sent in the book to us for review. And what was interesting, she sent some cookies for us. And they were homemade cookies. And actually, it was a, the cookies had something to do in the book, too. So there was this tie-in. And she sent us these cookies, and I'm thinking, isn't this ingenious? And so we made sure that we reviewed the book. I connected with the author. Cookies were wonderful. She sent us another box of cookies, and she was really good at marketing. And so what she did is she ended up having a blog tour. This is when blog tours and Amazon uh, uh, number one seller promotions were really big. The Amazon seller, number one seller doesn't work anymore, but at that time it did. It was still new, and she had this big blitz. And actually, she invited some agents, and an agent saw what she was doing and um, offered her to be her agent. So what had happened is the agent then took this book, and the book went on the uh, market she ended up getting $3 million for it. Wow. Yes, for this self-published book that everybody was, you know, and it was actually going on the auction, and finally it was, she got $3 million out of it. And it was interesting because then, you know, she she's actually written three, maybe three or four books since then for the publisher. And so, you know, this is a really good story. We did a trailer for her. We did just a lot of our regular stuff. We interviewed her. We provided all this content for her to use in her media kit. So, and also, of course, we put it out, you know, with our SEO also. But that's, that was huge. That was our biggest. So this, this, is, this may be a dumb question. Uh-huh. Would she have gotten the same attention from you and, uh, and, and had, had she not baked the cookies? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. It is. You know, because I'll tell you why. We get we get a mail run here. We go for a mail and we get boxes and boxes and packages of books to review. We're inundated with people wanting reviews. Now, this is free reviews. We give reviews that are part of a publicity package that is guaranteed that you'll get a review within two weeks of the time that the reviewer receives the book. Those are guaranteed. But on the other hand, we also, because somebody in the industry, like, I I don't know, umpteen thousand years ago, whenever books started getting reviews, said books reviews have to be free. So we have to kind of still be with the standard. So we offer free reviews on a limited basis. And so she sent in for a free review. And no, if she would have just sent the book in, it would have been processed in her normal process, put on the list, put on the shelf. But because she did something different, yeah, she, she attracted my attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's a $3 million batch of cookies right there. Exactly. <laughs> but what was interesting is this was a few years ago with the, when there was an anthrax scare. Uh-huh. I never even thought about it. I looked at it and said, oh, powdered sugar, this is great. Well, after communicating with the author back and forth, she proceeded to tell me that some uh, some reviewers really reacted because they thought it was anthrax. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you know? That's funny. It is funny. It's like, oh, I never even thought about it. I just like, wow, powdered sugar. What <laughs> terrorist is going to put anthrax on a cookie? Come on. Well, no kidding. <laughs> now, on the other hand, you know, so this is one extreme. And then we have another extreme that the author has written a book, has no money. Somebody has told him or her that they have a book, they've got this story to tell, and they need to 
to publish a book. So they publish a book because now it's easy to publish books. You can, you know, with very little money, you can use a self-publishing firm and you you can publish a book. Uh And it goes out there. The author has no money for publicity, has no money for marketing, has just no nobody on their email list, has not done a marketing plan, and the book doesn't go anywhere. Uh-huh. And so that's the, you know, the extreme on the other side. And, um, and you know, I just, I think it was, um, hmm, I, I slipped my mind right now, but the average sales of books on a self-published book is 150 in the lifetime. Wow. That's yeah. That's, yeah. That's really low. And that's, that's the average. And I just forget who came out with that. It, it might've been one of the publishers or Bowker or somebody. So that's friends and family. It, exactly. <laughs> friends and family. Yeah. And you know, last year Bowker said that there were over 300,000 I mean, no, no, wrong. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's not slowing down. I mean, people are still writing books more than ever. That's right. The, the publishing industry is changing. The publishing industry is changing. It's really easy to publish a book. There's a lot of air, um, companies that offer free. It's easy to do an e-book. And, you know, the, it's easy. The, like in one year, there could be three million books published. And when you think about it, how many people read books and on, when you average it out, uh, it's pretty competitive out there. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've, I've heard, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard lots of presentations on, on that uh, in, in the book industry in particular. And so it, it is, it's, yeah. it's very competitive. I think it's knowing who your audience is. It's, it's, as you said, having a plan for bringing your book to market and, and knowing who it is that you you know, you're going to sell it to. You mentioned building a list, and that's that's kind of that key. That's what uh, that's what the author I mentioned earlier did. Is he had mm-hmm. he knew he knew who was going to buy his book already. Exactly. You know, if you have a bunch of people that like you, you know, and and the problem is with with the authors that you talked about, the 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 ones that don't sell very many, they just they either don't have very many people that like them, or they don't have very many people that know them at all. Exactly, and it's it's the knowing. But you know, I didn't know anybody either. When I started my book, but you know, I fortunately I have some background in marketing, and because I had my own business before, and you know, it's just you have to get out there and find ways to market and let people know who you are. Uh-huh. Keeping a secret, you know, writing a book and then keeping it a secret, but expecting sales—that's not reality. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So, what what advice would you get? So here's what I'm thinking. There are people that know or believe that they, you know, the, the old saying is, I've got a book in me, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means, right? Oh, I've, I know I've got a book in me. And, and, you know, the response should always be, well, okay, get it out of you. Um, but the, I guess the, the question I would have for you is where should somebody start? If, if they think that they, they should write a book, obviously they should just start by writing, um, if, if they're not sure, and maybe I'm wrong on that, if, if they're not sure what, and where I'm going with this is, is for, for a business owner, um, right. what's the benefit if, uh, if you own a, a business, whether it's a nationwide business or a local business, um, what kind of benefit could somebody expect from actually taking their expertise and what they know about that business and, and 
putting it in the form of a book? Well, definitely the first thing is credibility. Uh-huh. You know, being a published author establishes credibility. And I think that that is the most important thing, especially if they have relevance and have something to say that is needed. I really think that a lot of times the the book that's inside you really does not have any relevance. It's just something that somebody decides to write. But I think I'm going to take that a step further. Before writing, I think that there is a more important thing, and it's to really, 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 and I'm going to stress this, really be clear on who you're writing this book to. Who is your target audience? What are they going to get out of it? How do they read? Uh, you know, is this information that's new information? Is it relevant information? What's your credibility? It I believe that a feasibility study is important before you even start writing a book or thinking that you've got a book within you. It's like, who's going to read it? Uh-huh. And then establish sort of like a, a persona, establish your target market and know exactly how this target market reads, buys, what they're interested in, and then write to them. Because it really makes a difference on how you write the book and who your target market is. You might be writing in one style or giving information about one thing, but in your mind, you're, you know, you're actually targeting somebody totally different. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work. So the first thing is, is to be, the writer needs to be extremely clear who they're writing to, what that target audience needs, and how they read. Okay. So, and, and do you have tools that can help somebody figure that out? I do coaching. You do coaching for it. Okay. I uh-huh. I have clients that I coach with, and we start right at the beginning. And we, I, and it, I am tough. It's like, you've got to be really clear. <laughs> and we, <laughs> It's like, don't waste my time. Don't waste your time specifically writing a book if nobody's going to read it. And actually what I do is I even send them to a local, like a Barnes & Noble or somebody, and have them go on a, a trip to take a look and see what's all out there. How many other books are written about what, you, you know, what they're planning to write about. Sure. And really check and see, are these books selling, you know, um, a feasibility study, basically, go, go is look what and it see, ends up. Go look and see uh, what books yours is going to be sitting next to at the Barnes & Noble. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, you know, can you write in that caliber to be able to put it next to that book in Barnes and Noble. Not every writer is a writer. Sure. I, I, and I would, I would say maybe that if you, can you write in that caliber or can you do something that's uh, different enough that hasn't been done in that category? Exactly. Exactly. Whether, and, whether that's writing it in a different style, uh, coming at it from a different angle, coming at it yep. from a, a unique point of view can make a difference. You know, readers do not want to read the stuff that's been said already over and over and over in the same way. Uh-huh. And it, so that's the point that, that you're, you're saying is, yeah, you know, how is, how, how is your information different? And this goes not only for nonfiction books, it goes for fiction books. Sure. You know, uh, Harry, I'm going to use Harry Potter, for instance, in the fiction uh, genre. And how many authors have tried to write something very similar? Uh-huh. And the readers know it's like, no, this doesn't work. Harry Potter is Harry Potter, and you know she's got a specific style. 
and don't try to emulate it and do something that you think is better because it really isn't going to be. Readers are really, they're tough. They're tough. Yeah. My, my, it's funny. Um, uh, is it Chris Paolini, Christopher Paolini, the, the young kid that wrote the Aragon book with the dragons and. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he, I think he was 18, 19. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and, you know, he's a, he's a few years older than my youngest daughter. My youngest daughter is, is just a, uh, you know, like, she could, she could win any argument with anybody over anything that Tolkien has ever written. <laughs> uh, and, and the history of hobbits and, you know, everything, right? And, and she mm-hmm. read his books and she's, she was just, she was just hacked off at him. Like, he just... Stole everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, it, yeah. it was it, it was it was pretty funny. But but you're you're right. I mean, readers know that even if they're young readers. Oh, oh, they'll look and, at something and say, "Oh, no, 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 no." <laughs> exactly, yeah. and you know, and I wanted to talk about young readers because we have what we have is called Reader Views Kids, where we have just kids' books on that particular site, and. Um, all I have is kids reviewing books. Now, the little ones, of course, need parental help. But kids are really honest, <laughs> let me tell you. And they say exactly how they feel about a book. And you know what's really, really sad is the reactions from some of the authors. It, I'm not sure what's going on if it's that they... Well, one one thing is sometimes our reviewer is the first child that has ever written that, read that book. Okay. And, you know, there's some really good children's books and the kids love them and give them really high marks. And, uh, you know, the kids are into grading because they get graded in school. So, but there are some that I think the authors are on some kind of a mission to teach these kids something and they just do not come across good. The kids are very honest and they're really, you know, they say it like how it is. Yeah. And the sad part is, Dave, is that many authors get very upset with these kids. <laughs> I just you know, have I to was, laugh. I, mean, I know. It's sad. It's just sad because they've written this they, book for a child and then they're ticked off at the child because the child doesn't like it. They'd rather have their best friend blowing smoke up. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I was going back and forth with an author the other day. I just finally just like left it because it's, he was just, he was so upset and he was trying to tell me all these other people loved his book and uh, why didn't my reviewer like it? And, you know, he just went on and on and on. The sad part is, is he's also a teacher and it just like, you know, <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, here's the thing. You didn't put any cookies in the box. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. Well, so, some some great ideas for authors. I, I you know, I I have a couple people that I've uh, that are friends that have books, and, and some have been out a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to send them your way. I just okay. I just hadn't thought about that. Um, yeah, because I think there I, there are some things that they could do to to uh, uh, to breathe some life in. I mean, one is a sports related book. It's about leadership, and it's it's uh, written by a coach uh-huh. and um, uh, like a, an NCAA, you know. Uh, very competitive um, athletic coach, uh-huh. and it's it's an interesting book and it's timeless. It, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with with current rules, current you right, know, and anything in in the sport that he coached. But um, it, it's it's uh, 
it's almost a philosophy book on coaching, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and leadership. And so, I mean, things like that, I think, uh, you know, but it's been around for three or four years already. And well, so it, it could probably have some new life breathed into it. Uh, I'm sure it could. And yeah. yeah, I would like to talk to this person. And, you know, I, I mean, he, I think he does okay with it in his, uh, you know, in his specific sport and his specific sure. area. But uh, again, it's not the newest book in that area. So yeah. What what do you do? Do you do you uh, do you ever advise somebody that it's time to bring out a a new and revised version of the book? Definitely, and that's exactly what I was going to say. In this case, probably a revision is a good thing. Revisions really, if you do a revision, you need to do at least twenty percent uh, okay. changes. And you know, twenty percent sounds like a lot, but really, it doesn't have to be a lot. But he could update it. He could put a new cover, definitely a new ISBN, new copyright. Uh, you know, write on it, though. It's a revised edition. I, I did that with my memoir, my first book. I took it off the market because of some issues on it. I, and the publisher picked me up. And he, the publisher actually republished my book. But we made some changes to it. A lot of it, you know, changes, ISBN cover added some things, but we called it the same title. We added a subtitle, and we uh, uh, put that it was a revised edition, and uh-huh. it's doing really well, even, you know, after several years. Do you, so. do you find that a lot of the same people that bought the first version will buy the revised edition? Mm, I hadn't noticed. Okay. I just didn't know uh, if anybody keeps yeah. track of those kinds of well, things. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm not sure, because... I think that, you know, the first version, it was my friends and family. You know, who yeah. else buys your first sure, book? Absolutely. You're on no one, especially. I was, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny as you, as you talked about that, you know, who's, who's, who's going to buy this book? Who's it for? And I'm thinking, well, I, yeah, I could probably put something together that my friends and family might buy. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. No. Let me I bet tell I, you something. I bet I could sell 10% of them. <laughs> That's right. Especially you can if sell I wrote 10%. about them. 90% of your friends and family will expect you to give them a book for free. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And maybe 90% is low. Most friends and family want, you know, do expect a freebie. Uh-huh. No, I'm, I'm going to set up a table at, at Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, th- that's what I would uh, suggest, especially if it's a book that is still going. Um is to do a revised edition and start, you know, do a new marketing plan. And yeah, I mean, he, you know, he sells three or four a day off his website. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. You know, but, um, yeah. But I, th- I think could probably do. I, I think I actually think his audience could be widened if if it, sure. if it wasn't focused on uh, the sport that he coached because the book really it's got some stories from that sport, but it's really mm-hmm. about leadership. Well, and that's maybe you know, with a revised edition. Yeah. The target audience could be leadership in business or leadership. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's, or, that's the, the, you know, and, and yeah. so when he's, he's also on the speaking circuit and, and that's who he's talking to, he's talking to businesses. Right. He, he goes in and talks to some universities, but uh-huh. it's, it's mainly corporations that are hiring him to come in and speak. So, well, and probably now with a revised edition, because he's done a lot of speaking since the original publishing, he would have information to add. Sure. Oh, I know he's it. been he he continues to create new uh new content all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mm-hmm. I think it'd be a good good time for him to do that. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you know, I've seen book where books where there were third or fourth revision. You just keep adding to them and you know, they kind of become classics. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, what any other any other bits of advice, Irene, for especially oh a business owner as as they maybe think about books? Uh, are you are you always looking for other reviewers? I mean, do you need business yeah. owners to review books or? We uh, do. I my reviewers. Most of my reviewers have been with me. Well, there was a few that have been right from the beginning. I think the last time I actually took on a reviewer was about a a year ago now, and uh, they just stay, but. Um, yeah, you know, as I am actually thinking of taking on a couple more reviewers, it seems that, you know, my business is getting, it's getting busier and uh, we do need work, especially at this time of the year, I've been really, it's been really busy and I've been stacking my reviewers with so many books to read that I'm feeling sort of, you know, I'm hoping they're not too overwhelmed, they're not refusing me, but... Um, my intent is, and we have an application form on the website for people to apply. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you know, you never know. Uh, I it could be one, just the right application and the right applicant, and I'll take them on. So. Well, if if, if nothing else, if you're a business owner and you're you're thinking about writing a book or th- have a book and you you need to uh, figure out how to get people to buy it, how to get people to read it. Uh, go check out Irene's site at, at Reader Views, and uh, can can you get to all the others from there? Or yes, yeah. Uh, I, on the sidebar, there's all kinds of links, but you know, just sort of the bottom line is if it's as a business owner, we already know how to create a feasible study. We wouldn't have created that business if we didn't do a study. Oh, you'd be surprised. You know, I after I said that, that's what I thought, and I thought. What did I just say? I don't think that's really right. But okay, in the best scenario, we assume <laughs> that a business owner will do a feasibility study. Uh-huh. And so, you know, creating a book is no different. And the bottom line is when you do that book, it ends up being a business. Sure. It's a business. You know, you have a product and you sell it. And if you have a product, you sell it. It's a business. And and I think the the big question is, uh, as we said earlier, it's, it's not so much uh, figuring out how you're going to get rich because or, or right. off the book, right? You, you're probably not going to get rich selling the book. But even if you only sell 200 copies of your book, uh, it's impressive to people to be able to tell them that you wrote a book or hand them yes. your book and yes. say, you know, everything you need to know about what I do is right here. I'd like to yeah. give you this. Yeah. And so uh, that's a credibility builder, even if, you, even if you never plan on selling one book. Well, exactly. I agree, Dave. Credibility because it, it's still a prestigious to be a, a published author, and rightly so. And so credibility. But also, I'm into giving away books, too, because for me, that's really cheap advertising. Uh-huh. You know, it really is because what does it cost you to, especially if you self-publish, you know, I don't know, let's 10 bucks or 8 bucks or $5, whatever. And you give that to somebody and that's really inexpensive way of advertising because you create that, that rapport with that reader and who knows where that's going to lead you. And especially if you're a, a speaker, hey, sure. you could be invited to speak. You could, you know, uh-huh. it, it just... Yeah. Again, you're you're you're, you're building your success because you have the book as opposed exactly. to on the book. 
Exactly. Irene, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a busy, busy time of year for you, and, and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, connect and, and uh, join me here on, on the Branding Blog Podcast. Anything you want to add? Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. I've just really enjoyed talking to you. And as I said earlier, you know, when we were talking offline, you give me a mic and... I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I love about podcasting. You know, I first yep. of all, I didn't have to write this. That's, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, people love talking, uh, especially they love talking about what they do, and um, I, I think that's great. And and to be able to share that is uh, is my pleasure, my privilege. Well, um, me too. And you know, I'm my mission is actually to help the authors. That when I started this, it was like I was thinking I need I need some kind of a a business that I can get back to the community. Uh-huh. And this is one way of doing it. You know, our prices are low. I'm not uh, I'm not ready to retire because I've sold so much and you know made a lot of money because I, it's not. We're just it's a service that I'm providing because I wanted to give back to the community. I think that's terrific, and uh, yeah. I, what I've seen on the site, some, some great services there, and as you said, uh, very affordable, especially for somebody that's really just, oh. uh, yeah. just uh, you know, wading into the shallow end of this crazy exactly. book publishing business. So. And you know, hey, if they can't afford it, we can do a down payment and payment plans, and gosh, I've worked with authors that, you know, just took a little tiny package, but it took them six months to pay for it. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. That's great. I'm good with that. Well, yeah. they, they can find it at readerviews.com, and, and I'll link to it here on, on the site as well. And uh, again, uh, happy holidays, however you celebrate. Uh, Thanks, Dave. <laughs> this is, this is going to go – we're recording this a few days earlier, but it's, it's actually going to go live uh, on uh, Friday the 23rd. So we're – you know, it's almost Christmas Eve. It's almost Christmas. Um, <laughs> so as you curl, uh, curl up o- over the holidays with a book and you're thinking about writing one yourself, go take a look at Irene's site and uh, figure out how she can help you. Uh, you have a great uh, 2012 as well, and and let's uh, let's do this again next year sometime. Uh, I'd love to, Dave, and maybe drill down deeper into one of these topics or one of these services. You tell me what. All right, let's All right. let's do it. Thanks, okay. and uh, have a great holiday season too. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Branding Blog podcast. Uh, our guest this week has been Irene Watson of ReaderViews.com. I'm Dave Young. Thanks for listening. <laughs>